This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You this is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Candy you, you and Michelle. Coming to you live from the Heineken River Deck, Pier 17. <laughs> it's your boy. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. Well done. All right, here's what I want to do. I'm going to give you a menu. You're going to have to order off the menu. The worst option. Okay? The worst option off this menu. Well, that's always a fun exercise. Well, here we go. <laughs> is it Josh Allen throwing two interceptions in the first half? Mm-hmm. Is it Josh Allen fumbling a snap or fumbling a handoff? Is it James Cook's fumbles? Is it James Cook getting benched? I stopped writing already. Is it the zero <laughs> blitz on a third down to cause a pass interference setting up a game-winning field goal? Is it having 12 men on the field? For a game-winning field goal that was missed to give your opposition, in this case the Broncos, who won 24-22 over the Bills, a redo. Or let's add Deion Dawkins walking in shirtless. There's your menu of Bills miscues, and I may have forgotten one or two, because, by the way, this has happened many of times. This is not the first time we've seen Josh Allen throw interceptions, six games in a row. This is not the first time we've seen the Bills have awful turnovers. They basically do it every single game. So order an item off the menu that would be the worst. That's the worst buffet I've ever been to. Well, you're there. <laughs> Think about if you're a Bills fan because you're yeah. at that buffet right uh, now. I, it's easy for me. It's not the turnovers from James Cook or from Josh Allen. It's the zero blitz on third down and then the compounded by having 12 men on the field for the initial field goal attempt by the Broncos. Those are coaching gaffes that can't happen. And as Bill Belichick and Nick Saban said in the art of coaching, good players can't overcome bad coaching. And that was bad coaching by Sean McDermott. Why on God's green earth would you go with a zero blitz on third down when the Broncos have no timeouts right after you sacked Josh Allen on second and four, Russ. rushing or sacked Russ second and four, rushing five? Which, why, why in the world would you do that? And that sack... Why would you do that? It was unbelievable because Troy Aikman literally in the moment on ESPN says, the one thing you can't do is get sacked. He couldn't even get the get sacked part out before he got sacked. But but that's what I'm saying. Russ did you a solid. Yes, he did. By taking that sack, he did you a solid. Why would you return the favor by going with a zero blitz and creating a situation where he could just throw it up, a fade ball that was underthrown, nearly indefensible in straight man coverage with no safety help over top, it's going to create a dynamic where Teron Johnson is going to run into Jerry Judy. It's inevitably going to be DPI. And then that gives them the ball inside the 20 for point-blank gimme range for Will Lutz. And here's the kicker. The kicker actually missed it. But he got another chance because you had 12 guys on the field. And here's the crazy thing. In Geronimo field goal situation, I'm calling it that because that's what special teams coordinators call it. When you don't have a timeout, you got to run everybody on the field to get it off before the time expires. They did that at the end of the first half. So they showed you with no timeouts at the end of half, this is how we're going to handle it. Why would you think it would be different, and why would you not be prepared for it again when it happens at the end of the second half? You just saw it at the end of the first half. How in the hell do you have 12 people on the field? Am I, by the way, wrong to be impressed by that? The Broncos pulled that off twice. Like, that seemed pretty impressive. That is they impressive. Could, right? Is impressive. They could do that without exactly. screwing that up? Exactly. Now, they, they missed the kick, so maybe they did yeah. screw it up. But in terms of, they got to kick but, off. But here's yeah. the thing. The, the play call before that, it was Jerry Judy essentially settling down exactly where the kicker wanted the ball relative to inside the hashes. Where does the kicker want the ball? You settle down in the soft spot of the zone, catch the ball there so we can run onto the field. It's spotted in that spot so the kicker has the right angle for the distance on that field goal. 
to me, that's all that's the, the, those two phases working in concert in order to get points off of the Josh Allen turnover. So think about it. The defense gets a turnover, the offense sets it up for the kicker, and then the special teams able to execute with no timeouts. To me, that is exactly what you're looking for in terms of all three phases of your football team working in concert, and you saw it again at the end of the game. So that's what I would say in this situation. It was clear that Sean Payton outcoached Sean McDermott, and if that's the case with the Denver Broncos team that from a talent standpoint is inferior to the Bills, how can you then justify Sean McDermott staying as the head coach for Buffalo? It's a great question. And they're probably asking themselves that in Buffalo this morning, or at least maybe they've already asked themselves that question. But if we're going through the bad buffet of options, for me it has to be the Josh Allen turnovers. The the interceptions continue to plague him and continue to be a reason why this Buffalo Bills team can't get over the hump. And, you know, bad coaching is not easy to stomach. Turnovers, period, are not easy to stomach. But when it's the guy that is supposed to be the reason why you win, committing the errors that are contributing to your lack of success, to me that's a tougher pill to swallow. It's like the food at the buffet you know you never eat. right? You go to the same buffet, you're like, well, I'm not going to eat that because mm-hmm. it just sits there. It's always there. Yep. Josh Allen turning them all over is always there now. It's just always there. And I don't understand how these things can't be corrected. Unless this is just who he is, and you have to embrace that. This was kind of who Favre was. I mean, Eli, we mentioned him. Eli turned the ball over a bunch and obviously won two Super Bowls. I just have a hard time embracing this if I'm a Bills fan or a Bills team. But here's the hard part about embracing it. It's actually, you saw a better version of Josh Allen under Brian Dapol. Like, it's not like we can ignore what we saw in the 2020 season. You're talking about a dude that had, what was it, 45 total touchdowns to 10 interceptions in 2020? And what happened in 2020? So they went what to the did conference, they do? They went to the conference championship game. So it's not as if we didn't see it. Oh, we know he's capable. We know he's capable of it. We absolutely It's just know. a matter of having the right coaching staff in place. And with a team that's lost the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator in successive years, you have to now question, does Sean McDermott have the actual staff and do they have the right roles in order to bring out the best version, not only in Josh Allen, but in everybody in that organization? And, and I would argue that they don't, which is why it's on the board that they need to consider a coaching change. It's on the board that they would fire Sean McDermott the offseason after they gave him a contract extension. He's a good coach, too, which makes it even more frustrating. Don't let, don't let the good get in the way of your great, though. And that's why I think it's important to evaluate all of the options that might be out there. I know you threw out the Jim Harbaugh of it all. If he defects to the NFL, Eric Bieniemy is potentially an option. Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator from the Detroit Lions, is going to be a hot candidate. There are names that are going to be out there that are that could potentially represent an upgrade from where you're at. And maybe Sean McDermott has served his purpose with that franchise. Sometimes the coach is there for a good time, not a long time, get the franchise on solid footing, and then you turn it over to somebody that can get you over the hump. A.K.A. the Buck Walter. That's kind of what you're saying. Buck Showalter, manager with the Yankees, turns it over to Joe Torre. They win. Diamondbacks turns it over, um, and they, they win. Brentley, right, the manager there. Texas Rangers, years ago, against your Cardinals, turns it over to Ron Washington. They don't win, but they go to the World Series, right? Marty Schottenheimer. Yeah. He's, 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 too, he's done it with the Browns. He did it with the Chargers. He did it with the Chiefs. Like, Marty Schottenheimer. Yeah. He's another one of those coaches. Right. So if you're an organization out there that you think, hey, we're kind of in no man's land, or we'll use the Texas A&M Ross Bjork uh, AD example of you're stuck in neutral. Maybe Sean McDermott's the guy that can get you into contention. He's just not necessarily the guy that can get you over the hump. But you could probably Atlanta Falcons, Sean McDermott, 
All of a sudden, you're like, oh, okay, that, that's kind of interesting if he's there. But for the Buffalo Bills, no, doesn't feel that way. 888-SAY-ESPN is your telephone number to be a part of the show. More responsible for what's going on with the Bills, and we mean negatively, the quarterback or the coach. Marcus in North Carolina North Carolina on the ESPN app. What's up, Marcus? Good morning. How y'all doing? What's up, Marcus? Uh, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Go ahead. All right. Uh, I wanted to tie man on the top first and I think some of the things y'all said was kind of ridiculous. Uh, I'm a family-oriented person, so I don't think Thanksgiving is over there. I know it's my family. But I do think that the food— Unfortunately, we can't hear him well, but he's he's mad at our take about Thanksgiving being overrated and bringing up the family part. It's not that. I've had amazing nights with family— where we're eating pizza all night. Where we're eating fun chicken parm all night. What we're saying is, why does that have to be the food on Thanksgiving that you have with the family? But it so- doesn't have to be the food. I mean, my family, we have duck instead of turkey. Like, the duck is the bird of honor. We'll have a small spiral. <laughs> the bird of honor. the bird of honor. We'll have a small spiral ham. It'll be honey glazed. And we'll have some macaroni and cheese. With what four or five different kinds of cheese in there? We'll have the collard greens. We'll have the cornbread. We'll have the stuffing. My wife calls it dressing. I guess that's the Midwest thing, Paul. Uh, I don't know. I call it dressing. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We yeah, call it yeah. stuffing. She calls it dressing. I thought it was it an is. Italian. Yeah. I, I do it have an update from my yeah, wife. We, we on have this. the sweet potatoes. Oh, you know, yeah. sweet, sweet potatoes pota- are crucial. Yeah, and I, you know, sweet potato pie, sweet potato souffle. You know, I'm not really big on the pumpkin pie. That's not just me. But you know, you have all of the trimmings, all of the the favorites. But I think. You're getting hung up on the duck, and I don't think you have to be hung up on the duck or or turkey. Yeah, you don't have to be hung up on the turkey. I have an update for my wife. I go with the duck. She said mac and cheese, cornbread stuffing, mashed potatoes, apple pie. Those are the ones that she's saying I should focus on that she's making more so than the turkey. Now she may be right about that. Yes, but I still would rather pizza. That's all I'm saying. If if why don't you just do that then? You yeah, know, you're like, you like know, no one's saying you have to eat turkey. Mm. You can eat whatever you want. You're you know what's right, cool Pat, about families? You can make your own traditions. There you go. Yeah, but I would be sitting. Yeah, I put the, the duck in my wedding vows. That was important for me. Is that something you grew up with? No, it's not. But I had my wife. My wife made duck for the first time during the pandemic Ooh. as a part of a holiday get together with friends, and um, it was six of us. She made three ducks. There was no duck left by the end of the night. Exactly. It, it was that damn good. Duck or chicken? Duck. Duck or turkey, duck. Duck is like I'm always going to choose my wife's duck. Always. <laughs> the only thing that steak? comes, the only thing that comes close is if she pan fries a steak. She pan fries a ribeye like nobody's business. I mean, uh, so those are top two in the power rank. Top two the in the power rank. Pan fried steak and then the duck. Yeah, and Got I'm it. not sure which one is two and which one is one. They're yeah. both that good. I'm gonna have to bring in baked goods for my wife because that's what she did for a living for a few years. Uh-huh. So I will bring in, bring in some of the baked goods. Okay, she's great. Great. Yes. Uh, Mike in Kentucky on the ESPN app. What's up, Mike? Morning. Morning. Uh, I just wonder, the, the, the point I'm trying to make with, with Josh Allen is this. I mean, nobody said anything about what made him good is running the ball. They just took that out of the offense completely. Like, I don't understand, like, why, why they did that. I, I mean, I watched the game off and on last night, but I didn't see him run the ball at all. And, oh, like, him, that's what him made running him the ball, what yeah. he is. Josh Allen, like, that's what made him – I mean, that, that's, that's half of, of – of, I mean, he has a strong arm, yes. But what what made him what got him to where he's to me is him running the ball, him wanting that contact, and and you know that opens up other stuff. But that, it seems like they have completely taken that out of the game all the way around, and I just don't understand why. Well, remember he had the elbow injury last year that limited his productivity. Like he played in some of those games, but he wasn't nearly as effective in this off season. 
They said, and Josh said, that he has to change the way that he plays. So I think they want to limit the the, the the exposure that he has to hits from the defense unless it's got to have its situation. So to answer your question, both Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills feel like him running the football is probably not in his best interest because you don't want to have him end up like Cam Newton did at the end of his career. But at the same time, if Josh can't be Josh in terms of being effective, then what's the point in having a quarterback that you're paying a quarter of a billion dollars to? Bingo. That's where we nailed it. Or you nailed it at, on our show. Here's here's where I'm saying we're going to get credit for no, this. I got you know you. what this I is? This is a group project yeah. where yeah, he's doing all the yeah, work. No, no, we did it. Um, but here's, here's where you just said something. Because they treat Josh Allen like a franchise quarterback, they don't let him run. But he became a franchise quarterback by running. They're going to have their most success if he becomes a running weapon. But they won't let him do it because they want him to be healthy for every single game. Yep. You bring Which, up- as a defensive player, makes it a lot easier to game plan for you. A lot easier. There is no good defense for a team that's willing to use their quarterback as a runner. I don't need a You spy. saw it last year with the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. Check that. You saw it two years ago with the Philadelphia Eagles. Remember, they started 3-6 and six in 2021, and Nick Sirianni turned over play-calling duties to then-offensive coordinator Shane Steichen, and what did he do? We're going to use Jalen Hurts as a runner. And since then, they've been one of the best teams in football, and in the second full season as a starter, Jalen Hurts went to the Super Bowl. That, like that's what happened. So here's the here's the math. Okay, if you were to, and I've been as critical on Allen as anyone from the beginning of the season, from the beginning of his career. If you tell me right now, Josh Allen's running attempts will increase by ten, and his passing attempts will decrease by ten. So increase by ten, meaning double digit rushes every game. Yep, and Ooh. his passing attempts decreases by ten. I'll pick them to go to the playoffs. I don't know if he's going to make it through the season, though. I'll pick. Well, guess what? It doesn't matter if he makes it through the season if he keeps giving the Cause, other cause team the Because if he don't do that, then they ain't going to win. It's <laughs> a great point. You don't That's a need great point. a spy for him anymore. Speaking of spies, the best of Harbaugh next. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. 
This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Hey, why can't they just let me live? Tell me why I don't even miss the aim. I, oh, that's my prerogative. They it's say I'm, I was going to do it's my prerogative. Jim really don't care. That's so, his prerogative. So we have talked He's for a week, two weeks, <laughs> three <Steel> weeks. Science. <laughs> About how he wins. <laughs> That's his prerogative. <laughs> Remix. <laughs> We've been so serious about this Jim Harbaugh thing, the suspension, the legalities, court. It's time to actually do this with a smile on our face. Mm-hmm. So here's what we got. I got three pieces of audio for everybody. It's the best of or the worst of Harbaugh, however you want to look at it. I'm going to play the three. I'm going to set them up. You have to vote at the end which one makes you laugh the most from Jim Harbaugh meeting with the media yesterday. All right? Yeah, the serious stuff. He's got the court on Friday. They got Maryland on Saturday. We'll get to that stuff. Let's smile with this a little bit. Is there a new America's team, Coach Harbaugh? The perseverance, you know, and then the just the stalwartness of these guys. I mean, yeah, watch it, I would have to say. I mean, everybody. It's got to be America's team. It's got to be America's team. America loves a team that beats the odds, beats the adversity, overcomes what the naysayers and critics, so-called experts, think. That's my favorite kind of team. Yeah, watching it from that view on the television, it was finally people get to see what I see every day, you know, in these players and these coaches. All right, stay calm. So he has Michigan currently as America's team. But, you know, Harbaugh happens to be good friends. This is option, That was option A. Option B, he's actually good friends with Judge Judy. He always wanted to be her lawyer slash judge. Yeah. So Friday's going to be great for him, right, Coach Harbaugh? That's not my dance floor, you know. I'm not the uh, I'm not an attorney. Always wanted to be. You know, watched a lot of shows, watched Judge Judy, you know, a lot. Always kind of felt like it'd be cool to get up there and thunder away at a jury like Tom Cruise and uh, a few good men uh, or be a judge. Like Judge Judy, but alas, I did not go to law school. Mm. All right, so we got option A is America's team. Option option B includes Judge Judy and Tom Cruise. But the Zach Brown band for option uh, C has a, little, a song, Chicken Fried. A little bit of chicken fried, cold beer on a Friday night. So we're going chickens? Why the heck are we talking chickens? You tell us, Coach Harbaugh. The respect that I have for chickens. I know there was, there was a time when I said that chicken is a nervous bird and I don't eat chicken. I only eat meat. You know, but, uh, but I was dead wrong. I, I stand corrected. These chickens are low maintenance and high production. I mean, they lay, they lay an egg every 26, 27 hours, and uh, they need water. They need food. And uh, then I play with them, too. I let them out in the yard, and we run around, and they're happy to see me. They're happy to see me. There's, there's times when doing good things for other people, and the they don't, they're not as happy to see me as my chickens are. So the chickens are low maintenance and high production. Maybe our comp to a turkey for Josh Allen is actually correct based on that. Yeah. So here we go. You have Michigan as America's team, Harbaugh as Judge Judy slash Tom Cruise, and chickens, low maintenance, high production. 
Which clip jumps out at you guys the most? I mean, if we're power ranking them, chickens has to be one, right? Chickens one? Low, ma- low maintenance, high production. Uh, he, he used he, to think they're a nervous bird, but now he's all about the chickens? How do, we have to play the the opening line alone. I think he says, I was dead wrong about chickens. To open the the Got to give him credit on that humility, yeah. admitting fault. How could it might, might be the first time I've that? ever heard Jim Harbaugh say he was dead wrong about Correct. anything. Yeah. So that's got to be number one, yeah, the chickens. Yeah, no doubt about and it. And that he's playing with the chickens? Yeah. I need video evidence of that. Yeah, exactly. Now, right. which one is number two for you? It's got to be a few good men. Can't you picture? He used the word alas. You know what? Here's alas, the thing. I, I never thought, became a lawyer. I thought I thought about that one, but then I was I was I was offended because I don't think that's the best Tom Cruise lawyer movie. I would argue that it's the firm. Good I think movie. Tom Cruise lawyer movie, The Firm, is head and shoulders above a few good men. Even though I do love the scene where Jack Nicholson is on the stand. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. That's kind of what Connor Stallions is saying. You need me on that sideline. You need me in the stands stealing these sides. I don't know, man. It's That's just what me. he's saying to I the was... Big Ten, though. You can't handle the truth. Exactly. You're, You're searching big, for the it. The Big Ten wants the truth, you but can't you handle can't handle the truth because it's not just us. Everybody in the That's conference right. is doing it. Everybody's but I actually them. had that one third. Ooh. I'm going to put America's team second because leave it to Jim Harbaugh to play the underdog card for the richest program in college football. Like no, no program generates more revenue than the University of Michigan. But we overcome so much adversity and everybody's against us. Really, dog? Really? If you're generating the most revenue in college football, everybody's against you? Come on, Jim. That's a little rich, literally and figuratively coming from you. Yeah, I got to be honest. I've totally lost my attention span because you just mentioned John Grisham movies, and now I'm just looking up the best John the Grisham best John movies. <laughs> I'm not listening to anything about Michigan anymore because now I'm thinking about the comp between The Firm. Very yeah. good. Pelican Brief, awesome. Outstanding. The Client, I watched that about a thousand times. To- you don't like that? It was cool. It a was Time cool. to Kill. Yeah, that was a good one. Un- I mean- that, he's a phenomenal writer. That's a great like, catalog, by the way. That's the great him. catalog. I'm sorry, what? I haven't seen it. Do you him. know who John Grisham is? Yeah, he's an author. Okay. So, yeah, his his books have been made into movies, and they're so good. Yeah. But I, did you we haven't just... seen A Time to Kill? It's, it's the one movie that's bearable for Matthew McConaughey, that and The Lincoln Lawyer. Excuse me. What? Have we yeah, seen yeah. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days? I'm just, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling okay. you. Those are the two Matthew McConaughey movies that I'm in on other than, than that. I'm you don't out think on, he has any good movies? I'm out on his catalog. Yeah, I'm out. I like Matthew McConaughey. I, I think I, I like him. I respect his Have work. Have you seen How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days? I'm just, I, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen and it. you didn't enjoy it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meh. Are Meh. you not a rom com guy? Meh. I'm not anti rom com. It's not my. I guess it's not my favorite genre. Do you have I'll, one that you like? I'll rock with a rom com. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know that there's one that I like over the other one. I mean, Hitch was a good rom com. Oh, I feel awesome. like that's a fan Hitch favorite. Everybody's awesome. okay with Hitch. Yeah. Have you seen my best friend's wedding? Yeah, I have. That I have. is that, like that's the best cool. That, that, that's, that's a good one. That's the good intern. I give, I give you credit you on that love one. That. Oh, fun. do I ever? It's not a rom com. By the way, the Lincoln Lawyer. I'm glad you brought that up. That is a phenomenal movie. Yeah. What about We Are Marshall? You didn't like him in We Are Marshall mm-hmm. football movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Meh. I never saw it. Meh. I fell asleep watching it on a plane once. But a lot of people love Interstellar. Wasn't he an interstellar? I'm all set on that front. People <laughs> love what is it, a three-hour sci-fi movie? I'm I, all I set on that. I was asleep. Yeah, I'm you know, all set on that. I love, I love McConaughey, but you may be onto something. I'm telling you, when I'm you looking, look at the catalog. It's not that he's bad. He's not a bad he's, actor. He's, he's top-heavy. 
He has a bunch of really good movies, but like the depth in which we think about him versus other actors may not be there as much. Yeah. What was Dallas Buyers Club? I was going to say yeah, Dallas Buyers Club was amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that's obviously yeah, yeah, that's well committed. He he weighed about ten that's pounds for that. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Amazing. Yeah. What about uh, Days and Confused? People love him for that. Oh yeah, classic. All right, all, all right, classic. all right. That's what that comes from. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. the the, the name. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. uh, True Detective, very good in that, but not a movie. Yeah, not a movie. Never saw it, but heard it was great. Season one, I heard was good. Mm. Coming up, Candy's power rankings of Grisham, McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey, and NFL NFL teams. Next on Sportsmanlike. (laughs) We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus... Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. It's time for Canty's NFL Power Rankings. We got three things we're ranking here on Unsportsmanlike, <laughs> presented by Progressive Insurance. Kenny's got this NFL thing, I guess yeah, we talk some, about. Something, it. something this football, NFL related. Whatever. Exactly. Yeah. We get top five teams in the NFL. Smalls is doing top two McConaughey movies. I'm all over And it. you and I have to come up with our top two Grisham movies. Okay. Let's Look, do number five in the NFL, though. Yeah, first. let's do the power rankings. We're going to kick this thing off with the San Francisco 49ers, who went on the road and Duval got an impressive win. Duval! And the reason why they got the win is because they're healthy. This is a different team when they're fully healthy and the supporting cast is around Brock Purdy. When he has his full complement of weapons, this is one of the most explosive offenses, if not the most explosive offense in football. When he doesn't, we saw the results of the previous three games. They lost all of those games, and the offensive scoring was in the teens in all of those games. More so than any any other title contender, their hopes of being able to win a championship hinge on them being able to stay healthy. If they can stay healthy, then this is a team that can represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Next. Number four. The Cleveland Browns. Listen, I don't know what more I can say about this defense. It's one of the most dominant units in football. They are number one in total defense. And if I had a vote today, Miles Garrett would be MVP. Not defensive player of the year. MVP of the entire league because of what he means to one of the most dominant units in the NFL. But the biggest difference in being able to win a matchup against a team like the Baltimore Ravens is having a quarterback that can play the way that Deshaun Watson did in the second half. Perfect 14-14 passing, perfect 7-7 in the fourth quarter. And then you're talking about this dude having a perfect passer rating. And if you can make the plays like he made on that last drive where he scrambled for 16 yards in a first down and moved the ball in the field goal range, like that, this is going to be a team that can have something to say about who comes out of the AFC to go to the Super Bowl. They're that good. Not just getting into the playoffs, but actually making a deep playoff run. Next! 
Number three. The Baltimore Ravens, I'm not off on the Ravens. I mean, they lost to a division rival. They split the season series with the Cleveland Browns. There's no shame in that. But I think the the biggest hang-up that I have with Baltimore is the fourth-quarter turnovers by Lamar. Since 2020, he's got 12 fourth-quarter turnovers. That leads the NFL. Now, here's the kicker. The Baltimore Ravens are, are third when it comes to – the teams in the last 40 years that spent the least amount of time trailing in football games through Week 10. I'm going to say that again. The Baltimore Ravens are third when it comes to teams that, that are the best that spent the least amount of time trailing over the last 40 seasons through 10 games. And all of the other four teams in the top five have made the Super Bowl. I got that stat from my boy Nick Wright. I think it's a good one. It just goes to show you how big the turnovers are from Lamar Jackson at the most inopportune times. This is a team that has Super Bowl potential. They just got to cut out the self-inflicting wounds. Next. Number two. Kansas City Chiefs is Andy Reid. Pat Mahomes was understood. Ain't got to be said. Next. (laughs) Number one. The Philadelphia Eagles, they can give it to you any way you want it, even when they don't play their best football. They still find ways to win. And Smalls, I would contend that the Eagles still have not played a complete game based on the potential, based on the talent that they have on that team. Yet they're still finding ways to win. And let's also keep in mind they're breaking in two new coordinators, two new play callers, uh, one on each side of the ball. So I think that makes a difference in terms of some of the unevenness that we've seen in the first half of the season. But now it's winning time. Coming off of their bye week, they got a date in Arrowhead. It's strength on strength. The top two teams in my power rankings meeting on Monday Night Football. I can't wait. They're the power rankings. Eagles number one, Chiefs two, Ravens three, Browns four, 49ers five. Smalls, you're my accountability partner. Any objections, any omissions? What about the 3 one third? Where are the Detroit Lions? Ooh, I would put the Detroit Lions six right now. And I just, I don't know, man. I have a hard time putting Detroit Lions over any of those teams. But I think they're in that mix of three through six. And you can make a case for any of those teams in any given order. So I would have the Detroit Lions sixth in my power rankings if it went to six. But I think that teams three through six are all right there looking at each other. It's like the Spider-Man meme where (laughs) the three of them are in the costumes and they're all pointing at each other. Like that, that is three through six in the Canty power rankings. Got it. All right, Smalls. All right. Matthew McConaughey's name came up. We give top two Matthew McConaughey movies of all time. Okay, this was tough. Checking in at number two, it has to be How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. It's the rom-com that he's most known for. We're frosting ourselves. Love Fern, Benny Boo Boo. He's an iconic role in the rom-com space, so we have to put that at number two. And guys, even though he's got a lot of other movies he's been in, when you win an Oscar, it's number one. Dallas Buyers Club, number one for Matthew McConaughey. Interesting. Okay, well that came up because we were talking about just different Matthew McConaughey movies. One of them that was brought up was uh, A Time to Kill. We then got into the John Grisham conversation. CeCe and I have to give the top two John Grisham movies of all time. Let's talk this out. Immediately, I go to The Client, Pelican Brief, The Firm, and A Time to Kill. Those are my big four. I may be missing something. Where do you go immediately on this? I'm going to go with Pelican Brief 1, and I'm going to go with The Firm 2. The Client's got to be in there for me. And Time to Kill is so important. Time to Kill will probably round out my top three. That's probably how it just has an importance that is more so than the other ones, right? Plus, it has Sam Jackson too, right? Which doesn't doesn't hurt. (laughs) Sam Jackson is great. Although Tommy Lee Jones in the client, very good in that. Susan Sarandon as well. Over Tommy Lee Jones any day of the week. That's just me. I'll take both of them if I can. No, they're both great. But if I got to choose, I'm going to go with Sam Jackson. 
Because no, I mean, yeah. I mean, the only person to say MF better than Pat Mahomes would be Sam Jackson. That's right. <laughs> but did Eli He's put you on to that? Hey, 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 right? He's not trying to say exactly, gentlemen. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> he let you know. Exactly. Uh, that would be a fun list. Best Sam Jackson movies. Best Sam Jackson. Man, there's so okay, many movies. Here we go. I don't know, IMDb, I don't know I if we got enough show for that small. That's Mars. a good list. That's well, one what of those we need. That's a pandemic show. You yeah. can do a whole <laughs> show on Sam Jackson movies. Absolutely. Absolutely. What comes to mind immediately? Just very quickly. Pulp Fiction, people would say. I would, yeah, I wouldn't say that. Snakes on a plane? Snakes on a plane. Really? <laughs> What's the one he did? It's uh, ridiculous that he did a movie called Snakes on a Plane. Unbreakable? Was that the one of M. Night Shyamalan? Unbre- Unbreakable, yeah. That was, he that, was that excellent one. in that. Yeah. And then I think he's great in Die Hard. Oh, yeah. Die he's Hard just, with advances? Yeah. No? You haven't seen that? Yeah, I didn't think so. But I, I know I, people th- like debated if it's a Christmas movie or not. He wasn't in that one. Die, that's, no, that's the first one. By the Die way, Hard is a Christmas movie. Okay, you may say you may say cheesy, but I don't care. Coach Carter, he was great in. Coach Carter was a good movie. Good movie. Great. It was a good movie. Great in that. Channing Tatum was in that. Yeah. Oh, yes, he was. Yeah, he was in that. I noticed that. Um. All right. Anyway, uh, ESPN bet launches today, which is awesome. <laughs> I forgot Sam Jackson was in Django. <laughs> <laughs> Candyland. Wow. This Candyland. <laughs> I'm talking about ESPN. Bet. That's the movie I'm you sorry. go to? I'm it's funny. I just think about the Sam Jackson character right. from Django. It's hilarious. I don't know. How, it's funny to me. Stevens from Candyland is hilarious. I would love to get Samuel L. Jackson doing sports commentary. Imagine oh, yeah. him doing color in the book. Oh, it would be great. It would be, it'd be great. Could you imagine him <laughs> like talking, him, about, talking about somebody not running to the ball or Josh Allen turning the ball over? <laughs> this this mug. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm now looking at all these. Oh, man. Soul Man is a, a fan favorite of mine. I know a lot of people are not going to know that, but him and Bernie Mac in that movie, hilarious. I don't. He was in Menace to Society. I don't even remember that. Did you know that? He was in Menace to Society. I had I no recollection that. of that. He, uh, exactly. Sam Jackson don't say no to no work now. He don't say no to no <laughs> movies. He, he was in uh, August Wilson's Piano Lesson, which me and my wife went to see last fall. It was a great play on Broadway. Like, Sam Jackson don't say no to no work. Hmm. Okay. He's amazing in Kingsman, too. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Jackson in the Great White Height. <laughs> some of these, literally, I've never heard of. I've, actually, not even some of them. Most, oh, if you look up and down the Sam Jackson IMDb, I would say oh, it's a, it's a crazy 60% catalog. most people have never heard of. Yeah. Right, I mean, if yeah. you Avengers, he was in. Yeah. I obviously have heard of that, but he's he, boy, his resume is unbelievable. Yeah. All right, ESPN bet launches today, which is awesome. We're really excited about that here at ESPN. It's going to be great. Um, our teammate Joe Fortenbach came on with us last week, Carlin versus Joe, uh, noon until three Eastern time, and said the color scheme is great. Joe's right. Yes. Joe's right. At ESPN Bet, the color scheme is great. It looks sleek. It looks cool, and and it launches today. So in honor of that. Canty's going to give us his ESPN bet of the night. Oh, yes. And this one is going to be short and sweet, guys. It's not overly complicated. I'm taking my L.A. Lakers back home at the Crip. I like to call it Staples, but it's appropriately named Crypto.com Arena. I'm going to take my Lakers, even though we're 500, laying the four and a half points against the Memphis Grizzlies. So really going out on a limb here, well, taking the Lakers over the Grizzlies. But listen, I'm trying to win people money. We're trying to not blow the layup. And so this is our first time out. Yes. The, the Canty ESPN bet of the night. We're going with my Lakers. And this might be a hard overhead pick, but I don't think so because the Grizzlies stink without John Morant. I'm going with my Lakers laying the four and a half points over the Memphis Grizzlies. What will be very interesting here is if you're wrong. Because the Lakers, there's not time for panic yet because of all the injuries, but the Grizzlies stink this year. They're awful. So if the, if the Lakers lose at home to the Grizzlies tonight, 
panic. ESPN LA, mega sports station in LA, absolutely will panic on that. I'll give you another so one. So doesn't that make that a canty can't lose game because we're betting on the Lakers? But if that if they lose, it creates a tremendous storyline for our show. Yeah, not when you're a so, Lakers so, fan. So doesn't it, doesn't that make that a canty can't lose game? I think it fits the qualifications. Yeah. It does. It I'll does. give you it's another a canty one. Canty can't lose game. I agree. Our first ESPN bet of the night is a canty can't lose game. What could be better than that? If they win, we're making money. If they lose, exactly. you're going to go off on them We're going to toast them. Yeah, exactly. I would take the over in the Pacers-Sixers. It's 239.5. It's enormous, but the Pacers score a ton and give up a ton. And Tyrese Maxey now basically is getting 40 to 50 on his own at this point. So over Pacers-76ers, just an add-on there. That's a lot of points. Oh, I know. It's a lot of points. Uh, you know, Pace, needless to say, Pacers not a big hot topic on the show. The Pacers, they're going to be pacing. <laughs> but if you go we ain't look at be their talking game about log, it, but they pacing. Right, yeah. go look at their game log, the amount of points they score. It's unbelievable. Coming up, the unsportsmanlike moment of the day on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. Why do you not like Thanksgiving? It's overrated. Why? How? You got food, you got football, you got family, no pressure with gift giving. How is Thanksgiving overrated? The menu. You must not have the right people cooking for y'all, because Thanksgiving is not overrated. Ha! <laughs> I'm sorry, Cece. Uh, who do we have to have cooking for us? I, I I feel like what I said is being taken out of context. Javante, oh, I don't think so. Javante, can you play that again? Because I, I, I don't feel like I, I said what y'all mm. think I said. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. Why do you not like Thanksgiving? It's overrated. Why? How? You got food. You got football. You got family. No pressure with gift giving. How is Thanksgiving overrated? The menu. You must not have the right people cooking for y'all because Thanksgiving is not overrated. (laughs) What what happened was I meant to say (laughs) you you must not have the right people, R-I-G-H-T, the right people cooking for you. I know it didn't come out that way. So who should we have us cook, who, cooking for us? Who the, we... the right people that can actually cook. That would be the right people. Race, religion doesn't matter. Or no, anything? no, I did okay, not say. Sure. I did not say, or at least I didn't intend to say, 
that you must have the white people cooking for y'all. That's not what I was saying. I was saying the right people cooking for you. So no matter where we are for Thanksgiving, no matter who's listening right now, the race of those cooking is not relevant to Thanksgiving, or it is? (laughs) I don't know that I'm going to touch that one because I like working here. I'm going to just say who's cooking, who's in the kitchen for Thanksgiving Day is going to determine whether or not I'm going to stop by and get a plate. I'm going to leave it at that. It's the skill set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need to yeah. season things properly. You need to cook it properly. You need to make sure that it has complementary sides. If it it's not, not going to be the white people. If, if it, no, no, that's not true. That's not what I'm saying. If it's not, if it's Pat, if it's not Big Mama, or if it's not somebody that cooks Italian Sunday dinners, I'm probably not going to your Thanksgiving. Probably not going to happen. It's just probably not going to happen. That's just how I get down. That's just me. I'm I'm very judgmental when it comes to where I'm spending my holidays and whose food I'm eating because food is a critical is a critical component. It's critical. First of all, here's the thing. I need to have had their cooking before I actually show up. So I'm gonna need to know who it was wow. that's supposed to be cooking. I'm yeah. gonna need to have had their C-C cooking yeah, before I'm showing up. Well, that's like Thanksgiving is like the chef. Super Bowl, right? You, Thanksgiving you, is the Super Bowl of holidays. To, you don't go into the to the Super Bowl not knowing who the coach is. Exactly. You know I need I need to know exactly who it was, and I need to have test drive, test drive their cooking before I'm gonna show <laughs> I, up. And I, get don't a play. Right. I don't know. I don't know. It's a hell of a commitment for me to show up on Thanksgiving. Pat no Costello, producer. I hear this as CC goes to a restaurant and asks for a picture of the chef before he walks in. It's like, what does your chef look like? I'm sorry, what? You mean like where did they go to culinary school? No, what did they look like? Well, see, here's the thing. It's different than going to a Michelin star restaurant and, right. and trusting the people in the kitchen. But this is Thanksgiving. Like this is this is a skill set. Like, like even a Michelin star chef might not know how to throw down on Thanksgiving. Yeah. This is a different deal altogether. It's a lifestyle. This is something that's passed down from generation yeah. to generation. Like this is this is not simply following a recipe if you're the sous chef in a five-star restaurant. This is different. There is a higher standard when it comes to Thanksgiving cooking than it is going to a Michelin star restaurant. But that's just me. You can't eat everybody collard greens. You You can't eat everybody potato salad. You can't eat everybody mac and cheese. For goodness sakes, you still got people thinking it's okay to use Velveeta in the mac and cheese. Oh. And we all know that's a it, cardinal sin. It definitely is all right. No, it's not yes, all right. Well, if you no, have the white people not cooking right. for you, I mean okay. the right people cooking it's for you. It's not okay. I just Says the guy that has WWF action figures in his house, in his living room. They're, no, well, they're not it's covered not in okay. cheese. They're it's not, not okay. I just want to acknowledge uh, that CeCe absolved Italians from this uh, category that he says that we're good. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah, 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 absolutely. All right, well, it's gonna absolutely. be it's gonna absolutely. be hard to uh, top no having Sun- the white Sunday people dinners? cook for you. Uh, Sunday uh, dinners. Yeah. I li- I li- listen, I'm from the New York area, and yeah, I lived yeah. in Jersey for a decade. I'm from the Bronx and lived in Jersey for a decade. We don't mess around. No, Sundays Italian dinners around. on Sundays is a different deal altogether. All right, uh, other nominees that are gonna be hard to beat that one. That's for sure. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. What are you wearing during games per Eli and Peyton on the Manning cast on ESPN two last night, Omaha? Hey, uh, Patrick, we talked to you, uh, uh, we saw your old teammate, your backup quarterback, Chad Henney, said you have a few superstitions and that one of them has been wearing the same pair of red underwear on game day for years now. And I love a good superstition, but, you know, couldn't you just do something like eating the same pregame meal? Did it have to be the red underwear? <laughs> well, you know, 
Um, well, first, my wife Brittany got them for me, so I had to. I'm not not throwing y'all down, but I have to wear them, you know. But uh, <laughs> at the same time, I threw them on that first season. Um, we had a pretty good season that season. I only wear them for game day though, so I can't get. They're not too worn down. They're not like these like nasty. Und- I clean you them. Wash them. Um, you wash them. I do. Oh, I wash good. them. I wash them every once in a while at least. Is it a thong? Um, if, if is it a g string? What is it? I mean, if we're if we're on a hot streak, I can't wash them. You know, like I gotta just keep <laughs> keep it rolling. So uh, you know, it, as long as I'm winning football games, uh, I'll, I'll keep the superstition going. So the same underwear. For years now, right? But it's important that he said red underwear. Right. Let's bring it back to the Italians. Italians always say if you wear red underwear on New Year's Eve, it guarantees luck and success for the year ahead. So red underwear clearly bringing Patrick Mahomes great luck and great success. Full red or there's red in the underwear? Does that get credit? Full red. Okay, so I don't have full red. I guess I need to buy that. I have red in underwear, I believe, but I need to work on that. I only have black underwear. Well, the black has black, the red black, writing. Black A-shirts, black draws, just all black. All black everything. Yeah. All black, yeah. Okay. I think it's I think it's it's tricky business going with underwear of any other color. So you need the white kind of underwear. <laughs> I mean the right kind of I underwear. I think it's tricky business. I'm just going to leave it <laughs> what at that. Trust me. It's tricky trust business. Trust me. The older you get, it gets trickier. It's tricky. I it's promise tricky you that. Business. Yeah, it's okay. tricky business. Hey, you get older. I think I you mean, guys need to diversify. <laughs> I'm all some, set. I mean, uh, I'm all set. Black underwear. Yeah. Black draws. Black A-shirts. All right, period. two more nominees for unsportsmanlike moments. Last night, the Knicks and the Celtics played. The Celtics won the game. Yeah. Josh Hart of the Knicks had one of the most interesting three-point attempts you'll ever see in your life. He goes up for a three-pointer. Basically, Drew Holiday uh, flies by him, and he throws the ball off of Drew Holiday's back, back to him, and then he sets up for three and drains it. Basically, Drew Holiday's back assisted Josh Hart on a three-pointer on a corner three last night. The other nominee, and I'm not making fun, and I'm sure something's wrong, and I'm not doubting him, but... OG Ananobi of the Toronto Raptors missed the game last night because of a finger laceration. Well, that stinks. He's a good player. You don't want him in this game. But from doing household chores, what chore do we think he was doing to miss the game last night? Chopping stuff? What do we think he was doing? Hmm. The finger laceration. Could be assembling furniture, something that was on the to-do list. OG Ananobi assembling furniture? <laughs> No, I'm trying you to go, think of I think he makes about $20 million a year. Hockey, got, right? Maybe yard work? Yard work? <laughs> yard work? You know, trying you think he's bushes? mowing the lawn? No, I don't think OG's Guys, mowing the lawn. What you don't kind think of he has chores a, do we think he, he doesn't have a landscaping service making yeah, $20 million a year? That. Come on. I don't know about that. Probably something he ain't got no business doing, Smalls, which is why they're hiding behind this this vague cloud of suspicion, this gray household chores. There's a wide range of things that could be happening. The fact they ain't pinned it down lets you know it's something he ain't had no damn business doing. He really needs the white people doing that. I mean, the right people doing that for him, right? Wow. <laughs> right? I'm not even going to go there. I'm not going to touch it. I'm going to leave that alone. I like working at ESPN. <laughs> I like my job. I like my job. I like my job. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.